Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. Welcome to the Afternoon Show. I'm Bill Arnold. I'll be your host for the day. So glad to have you listening and tuning in. It makes uh, my day so much happier when you tune in. And I know that you're out there because you let me know, and I appreciate that as well. So whenever you send a word over of encouragement, I just want you to know it makes my day, maybe my week, maybe my month. Anyway, I'm going to start off with Patrick Albanese. You know him as my uh, my uh, merry heart is like good medicine friend. And he lives in the great state of Iowa in the prestigious town of West Des Moines. He's a performer and a comedian and a great friend of mine. Patrick, welcome. Hey, I think normally you do uh, about an extra 15 seconds on the front end of the uh, introduction or the show. And now I'm feeling a a tremendous burden to have to fill that time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. It's the demands of radio. Some days you feel like you have it and other days you go, let's just go to the guest. Let's just go right to the guest. Yeah. But fortunately, <laughs> okay. fortunately, I want to start with some scripture, which I think describes the world perfectly today. And that comes from Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. It says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. There's some wisdom from past ages. Oh, absolutely. It covers not only what goes on in the world today, but also chocolate chip cookie cookie recipes. <laughs> Because woe to those who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter when it comes to the chocolate chips. Grandma made that mistake once, and we never let her forget it. (laughs) I wish more sentences would start with woe. Woe Woe to those. those. Yes, I think it's a good warning. But there's so much in the world today where they're taking evil and calling it good, and then they're taking good and calling it evil. And uh, we are fully warned that that would be the case uh, in a world where we are going to be persecuted if we're standing for our faith and standing up for our biblical convictions. And so I think we just get used to it and go, let it be a, a sign that uh, we are fighting the good fight. I, it, it is fun, and, and it applies to so many areas of life. I don't know if you recall uh, a few moons ago, not many, but um, when unemployment was going up, it might have been during the Obama presidency, I can't remember, but uh, they uh, they ran a whole series of articles. They said, you know what? We're going to call this fun employment. Isn't this absolutely fantastic that you cannot find a job <laughs> uh, because of what's going on? But let's make it fun. It's fun. You can't pay the bills. You can't feed the kids. Fun employment mm. because you can read books. I, we went through that with the COVID lockdowns. Everybody, I, yeah. everybody was going to write the great American novel. Yeah, I remember the COVID thing. I don't remember the other thing. So that's just my bad memory. But oh, yeah. As far as you know. As far as I know. I, mean, I have to <laughs> yeah. believe you if you said it. So there you go. Yes. Yeah. No, so, I mean the bad memory part. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But if you're counting on your bad memory to recall if your memory is bad, that, that could be a problem. Yes. You know, I was asking Rosie today because it, it it occurred to me that there's many jobs nowadays that simply no longer exist. And I wonder what's not going to exist 20 years from mm-hmm. now. Did you ever have a job that no longer exists? I mean, I know at one point you were putting in uh, custom uh, moon roofs in cars. Do they still do that? If somebody probably still does. I think did they, I, I did T-tops as oh, well. Rosie's got uh, one. So, and yeah. those... 
Oh, she's got a T-top or she's got a moonroof, yeah. She's got an aftermarket moonroof, right? Yeah, and it goes all the way back. Well, I think it's a moonroof, but it goes all the way back. I had to find it special. Oh, so you went and had it done. No, I I knew I wanted it, and I got the car already with it in it. Well, that's not an aftermarket thing. That, that, That came with the car. We're talking never about mine. Yeah, we're talking about buying a car and then going and getting a moonroof put on it, <laughs> which I did with one of my handing, cars. And Patrick, handing, you did that for a while. It to, yeah, handing it to a guy like me, 18 years old, <laughs> to cut a hole in the roof of your <laughs> new car and hopefully not hit one of the support beams or any of the electrical that runs up there. And yeah. then uh, the, the moonroof is glass. Uh, you know, they, the sunroofs, they, cars haven't had sunroof only for a long time. Uh, but uh, and also at that place, we used to pinstripe cars, which you very rarely see. In yeah, true. And we put on vinyl tops, which you also very rarely see. And I think my my whole teen existence was wiped out. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'm real curious. I mean, there's jobs like Blockbuster. You, you That job doesn't exist anymore because there's no more Blockbusters, right? Right. Yeah. So there are jobs right. out there, like uh, member of member Photomat, where you'd pull up to the little booth and drop your pictures off. And yeah. You can't. You know that that job doesn't exist anymore. So I'm real curious if you worked in a job that no longer exists. We'd love to hear what it was. Send it over well, via the text eight seven seven nine three three two four eight four. You know, if they would have just those Photomat buildings. If they would have just kept those. Have you seen the new coffee houses? Totally. That are about that big. Yeah. They're everywhere uh you know it's they're on opposite sides of parking lots it seems anymore i think i think we have a starbucks and then they put one of these coffee shops in the parking lot where the starbucks is it's across the street actually i thought yeah i remember though i was uh working in portland oregon or no seattle i was in seattle and i'd look across the street and there was a starbucks on one side i was about to go in i'd look across the street and there was another starbucks across the street and i i always thought that that had was just a joke and i asked the guy i said why is there a Starbucks across the street? He said, well, if we don't put one there, somebody else will. <laughs> so, you know, some people don't like to cross the street for their coffee. Yeah. That's how good we've got it. Here's a listener that um, her dad uh, was a, we used to set bowling pins by hand in the 40s. And that job yes. no longer exists. Yes. Yeah. That had to be a pretty dull job when you think about yeah. it after I, a while. I think the benefit was you got to bowl for free. Yes, but you had to set your own pins. So, you know, <laughs> That's true. Throw the ball, run down to the end of the alley, run back. <laughs> yeah. That's uh and, and wow, setting bowling. Yeah, that's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. And I love that there was at one point a human alarm clock. They they would they would tap on your your bedroom glass with a long stick to wake you up. That that ended in like eighteen sixty seven. So that job doesn't exist anymore, but there's probably no one around mm-hmm. that. That did that yeah. job. But, yeah, isn't that kind of an interesting thing? It's like before alarm clocks, how did people wake up for their job? Well, if you... Oh, you went away. My Bob there you are. had that stick system. <laughs> yeah, if you had, if, you, if if your brother was like my brother Bob, you had the stick system. That actually was in full effect in 1976. What was the stick system? The one you were just talking about. My brother would come in and poke me with a stick. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> oh, he would do it to you. I got it, yeah. 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 So my wingman, Terry, said I used to work at a VHS movie rental store. I don't know if those are around anymore. Do you have one in your uh, in your prestigious town of West Des Moines? 
we do. I, I, I have absolutely no idea. Yes, and uh, you can get. Uh, I think they might even still have some VHS tapes. Should you have the VCR, uh, they have DVDs. Um, and you know, it, it's funny. I, I popped in there once because I couldn't find a movie. I can't remember what it was. Streaming. Thought, well, let's go check out that place. And uh, they had it. But, of course, they got those little red. Do you still have the red boxes in the grocery stores? Um, I don't really pay attention, so I don't know if we do or not. Rosie's shaking her yeah. head yes. So they're yeah, still around. But granted, it's it's pretty easy to just push a button on your TV. I, You know, we got so much more done when there were three channels, two of which didn't come in very well. I know. And now with 172 channels, I, I find it amazing that most nights I said, well, let's see if we can rent the movie. Cause, <laughs> okay. But the, Can't pr- find anything. the principle lives on. You know, it's it's the, it's the person that's got nine closets of clothes and nothing to wear, or it's the person that has 270 channels and there's nothing on. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, it is it just perpetuates itself. All right, here's we another never one. Get enough. Yeah, here's yeah. another one, Patrick. I I never worked in it, but I trained in key punching. I guess that's not around anymore. Key punching. Um, here's another one. I was a bean walker in the 80s before Roundup. We pulled a lot of weeds on the farms in southern Iowa. Oh, boy. Oh, that's a tough job. That would be a tough job. That would be a tough job. What What is a key A key presser? I mean, is that not, that's not making like door keys, although they it's it's a machine now. You put your key in and a new one comes out. Have you seen that? You know, they don't have the guy do it at the at the hardware store anymore. Oh, uh, you just drop your key into a machine. It makes a copy. Oh, that's no fun. I mean, I haven't, haven't you always wanted to make a key? Aren't you always yes. a little jealous of the guy that's making the key for you in the hardware store? It's like, ah, give me a whack at that, right? I know. I just want to you – know, let me see if I can do it. I want to see if I can do it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's that they do have the person that does the roller shades for you still. What, they have that. what is that? So, well, if you have a window and you say, okay, I have a 36-inch window and this roller shade that you sell are 48 inches, they're the ones that cut it and put the, the spring thing back in the end so that oh, it works properly. No, yeah, good point. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Well, what about There's jo- still some jobs. That's been around forever. Yeah. Thank goodness jobs are gone like leech collector. A leech collector was responsible for retrieving the blood-sucking worms from their natural habitat for doctors to use. Well, I'm just actually happy the doctors have stopped, well, <laughs> stopped using. <laughs> you know, didn't, wasn't that the cure to everything? It was. Eh, let's just put a leech on it. Yeah. So, okay. I'm just, I have a headache. Yep. Well, put a leech on it. <laughs> Here's a, we'll forget about the headache. Here's another Hollywood video. That was a great store, Hollywood video. Yes. I mean, do you remember when the time was showing up that they were going to stream movies online and you'd think, that's not going to catch on. Half the fun is going to Blockbuster or Hollywood Video and shopping for the movie you're going to watch. Well, do you remember just how when, when Netflix first appeared, you said, now look, I'm not stupid. <laughs> you mean to tell me that I'm going to go online and you're just going to mail me the movie? No, <laughs> that doesn't. There's no way that's going to work. I'm going to go over to the Blockbuster, and Blockbuster believed it too. Right. And then, you know, a couple of years later, Blockbuster is going out of business, and then Netflix says, "Hey, it's going to be even simpler. No more, no more waiting for the mail to arrive. We can have it in dear home instantly." And you said, "Well, that's ridiculous. Why would anybody want that?" <laughs> Uh, Just like when we were kids, could you imagine you know, talking to your father if you could go back in time and say, uh, soon there will be places, not just the diner where you get a cup of coffee for 25 cents with an endless refill, but just coffee only. That's all they do is coffee, and then we'll buy our water in bottles. And uh, the guy that brings the milk here, 
he's out of a job. Right. Yeah. Oh, actually, I think you can still get milk delivered. Right. I think you can. Because yeah. when we were kids, water was the hose. Water was the hose. Yeah. Yeah. Which it, you, it was pretty well, much I, your whole entertainment center in the dog days of summer. <laughs> you ran in the hose, you drank from it. You didn't. Right. The hose, you never went inside the house. Yeah, which might explain some of the stiffness in my neck today. Who knows? <laughs> it could be. Uh, yeah, let me take Never a br- drink from a rusty hose. No, yes. never a good idea. Patrick Albanese yeah. is my guest. We're keeping uh, a little bit of a, a merry heart to get the week started. We're going to take a short break and be right back. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Albany's residence, Patrick speaking. Did you used to say that? Did you used to say that? Oh, yeah. I don't know if you recall being taught proper phone etiquette in school. Um, also, get off the phone. I need it. We did, we did learn that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. oh, no but, call waiting, and so the busy signal. And uh, your mother would say, you know, I'm, ex- you know, you get off the phone because you know we could get a call. Like, could get a call. Yep. Yeah, could get a call. And then you'd yep. walk around the house, and, and your dad would be on the phone. You're going, quiet. He's on a long distance call. Yes. Remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was, yeah. He's calling Palatine, two towns <laughs> over. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, like four cents a minute. And they were just like, oh, this is a big deal. Big deal. You, everybody had like the, the standard Ma Bell wall phone. By the way, you know, uh, grandma's last name was uh, Bell and everybody called her Ma. And so for many years, I thought she owned the phone company. <laughs> it turned out to not be true because I was really looking forward to that uh, that setup later. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, you had the wall phone and then you had, I guess, what did they call it? The princess phone? Was yep. it the princess phone? Yep. And uh, I remember that somehow or another, my siblings, somebody talked my mother and father into putting a long enough cord on the hall upstairs hallway phone so that you could pick the thing up and carry it into the little bathroom that we had there. And that was everybody's office. <laughs> yeah. You'd come upstairs, bathroom door is closed. You say, okay, let me let me make sure I understand this correctly. The bathroom's out of commission and the phone. <laughs> because, because one of my sisters is talking to her boyfriend and needed privacy. That's as far as that phone would go, is yeah. the bathroom. Yeah. Oh, it was well, fun. Yeah, well, it is... Uh... I, Rosie and I were joking to this. Remember when you dial four one one to get information to get a phone number? Yeah, yeah. Those those uh, jobs are or, gone. Or... You can't do that anymore. No, you would. We called time and temperature. You'd call the operator to say, "Can you tell me the exact correct time?" Yes, they're still. I think what's op- the weather? Op- what's the forecast? Our op- Listen to me. Are operators still around? Can you press zero and get an operator? I, I would imagine it's a, a machine at this point in time, but it will sound like a person. Okay. And I think sometimes to create a, a sense of authenticity, they make the voice just a little bit surly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right, Patrick, this is going to, this is new information coming from a listener. Uh, I am a nurse and I can confirm that leeches are still used medicinally. 
Leeches excrete blood-thinning substitutes that help with wound healing and skin grafts and such. There are companies who produce sterile leeches for hospitals. There you go. Okay, Thank so you, the leech collector is still out of a job. Now it's just a, it's a leech wrangler, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> just a leech grower. Okay. Actually, I think I had heard that before. I did not hear that. Why no. am I the last to know about leeches? I, you know, it's, uh, maybe a listener will pipe in and say, I just found out myself. Okay. That'd be and helpful. You would have found out seconds beforehand. Yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping I never need leeches in my life. There's a whole bunch of procedures. You and I have been both uh, both have been blessed with uh, relatively incident-free life when it comes to health issues. Mm-hmm. Thanks for um, jinxing mostly, me. Yeah, mostly because we both live in a plastic <laughs> bubble. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, I, I often marvel at uh, you know the procedures that people will go through and and suffer through, and then I look at the advancements we've made, and I think, well, at least we live in a really good time where um, you know they can knock you out. I mean, I think you and I both did braces later in life, mm-hmm. and you know that was discomfort enough. <laughs> Every every Monday, your teeth hurt just a little bit. You say, "Well, that's it. I can't. I can't put up with much more than this." Yeah. Yeah. When so, mine got straightened, did they take your banjo away? Because yes. they took mine. Yes. I was without it for two years. Yeah. 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 As soon as my teeth got straight, they said, "You no longer can play the banjo." Right. Right. Yeah. All right. That was a banjo joke for other people that play banjo. That was a yeah, that is a joke, to joke just to a few people out there. So here's another uh, listener said, my father was born in 1920. At 15, he took over the responsibility of farming with a team of horses. Isn't that cool? That is very cool. Yeah. Wow. That's like real hard work back then. Yeah. And then, and and that was back, that's probably when the American diet was established that we'd come in, eat about three pounds of beef before going to bed. (laughs) (laughs) Because you worked it off the next day. You did. 12 You'd hours in the field. A stick of butter with toast and eggs in the morning, and then you'd go work for 12 hours in the yeah. field. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe and, maybe skip maybe skip the lunch. Nah, you wouldn't know. skip lunch. You wouldn't skip lunch. Huh? Yeah. But that's, that's, uh, that, that's when you worked really hard and did a lot of physical labor. And you were probably working alongside your father at the time, too. And you mm-hmm. were having that mentoring relationship, which when the industrialization took over... Men went off to work, and they weren't working side by side next to their dad at the farms. So there was something lost yeah. there for sure. I, I was shoot. I shot a TV commercial inside one of these new, newfangled uh, combines, and it's GPS directed. You know, it can, it can. It, the one I was in, it, it planted seeds. It could measure the soil and tell you which areas of your farm needed water, and then it would, it would turn the sprinklers on just for those areas, and. You know, the guy's got a little TV in there, and it kind of drives itself. He said, "This is it's air conditioned cab." He said, "This is pretty cool farming. I could, I could, this is kind of fun. I could, I could do this. I could do this because it doesn't seem to require much knowledge on my part." <laughs> you know? Yeah. Another listener said, "I just found out about leeches myself. I don't know if I'm in good company or you're in bad company, but there you go." Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Hopefully we don't need the light leeches. Yeah. yeah. Sally said our, our Amish friends still use horses to do their farm work. I know they do. Yes. Yep. And they, yeah. I, I got to hand it to the Amish. They do live a life of distinction. When you see Amish people, you go, ooh, they live distinctly different from us. Now, having mm-hmm. said that, do we as Christians live lives of distinct difference from non-Christians? Can you tell us apart? I, 
That's a well. That's a challenge. Um, but you know, society seems to go in such a certain direction these days that you can say, you know, I, I can see the path to misery. It seems to be laid out in front of me uh, because you, you look at the direction that a lot of people are going, and you say, isn't it amazing that after all these years, the God path is still the one that seems to lead to. You know, not just seems to, but it does lead to the most fulfillment, sense of worth, value, and belonging. And people are spending their lives, you know, fluttering around trying to find a purpose. And you say, it's right here in this book, this mm. book again. Wow. Yeah, but I go back to where we started today. Patrick Albanese is my uh, guest, and he is not only a, a friend, but a performer and a very funny guy. He's um, been in living in Iowa for how many years now, Patrick? 13? Uh, this is uh, 14. 14. Yeah. And you came from Los Angeles. You were in L.A. for 20 years. And there was a certain smug factor that people have who live in L.A. And you even understood it yourself. Uh, and I, when we were chatting about that the other day, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. It, it's it's uh, There's almost the sense of, well, uh, obviously, I think everybody seems that I know of wants to live in Los Angeles. And since I do, you must be... You must be jealous of this fantastic place I live. Where is it you live again? It's Des Moines, huh? What's that all about? And uh, it, it was odd that, uh, but you know, everybody that lived out there said, we're in the best place. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. The rest of them don't know anything. And then you go explore the rest of the country and you realize, well, where did I get that attitude? Although I have to admit, when I went to switch my uh, vehicle license plates over, and I had to turn into my California driver's license. I, I said, can I, can I keep it? And they said, no. I said, but it's really probably the best picture of me I've ever taken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I think they provide hair and makeup and a professional photographer. Yeah, in L.A. <laughs> yeah, in L.A. Yeah. You know, I said, I said that's really a great picture. So they, they took it from me. My wife was at the counter down from me uh, getting her license and when we left, she says, hey, can you believe this? They let me keep my California license. <laughs> it's a true story. I yeah. was so upset. I said, I got to go back in. Yeah. Too late. They shredded it. All right. Here's one to leave, Patrick. A uh, great comment. My dad had a second grade education, then had to go to work on the farm, and then got married. And, and my mom and dad had eight of us children and fed all of us. And mom taught us about the Lord. And we all know him as our savior. My dad went on to be a gas station attendant as well as a mechanic and a contractor who built houses. Don't ever give up what God has intended for you to do. He came to know the Lord before he died, much to my mother's prayers along with ours. Uh, don't wow. have much more to say after that. No, I don't. We've got a lot of farm information today. Yeah, we did. A lot of people. Now, and I'll finish with a bit of farm trivia. Did okay. you know, because the state fair is coming up, did you know that it takes five sheep to make a sweater? Did not know that. And I, I didn't even know they could knit. I think that's <laughs> absolutely fascinating, that level of teamwork. Well, you learn something new on the show. Patrick, have a great day. Thanks, you too. All right, see you later. Patrick Alban has been my friend and colleague. He's always my friend, but yeah, he gets the show started with a little bit of levity. A merry heart is like good medicine. That's right out of Proverbs. We'll take a break, and then we'll come back with the Monday afternoon mix. Lots more ahead.
You better believe Pastor David Miles is back in the house. We're looking forward to that because it's time for the Monday, Monday, Monday. After <laughs> noon. noon mix. You guys are still bringing that, aren't you? Oh, oh yeah. Woo. Why would we not? Uh, well, with this funky jazz beat, I mean, like, seriously, how could you? Not? I don't know. Thank you. Tommy tried to take, you know, last week. He was yeah. here for, you know, yes. in your chair. He was and great, but a dismal failure. Yeah, dismal oh, failure no, at saying the mix, no. mix, mix. Yeah, he tried. He did try. But, but nobody's like, got your pipes. He's yeah. like super cool on so many oh, other No, 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 no. We loved you know? him. We loved him. But you got yes. the mix pipes. Mix, mix. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Tell you, man. So a lot to catch up with, with you. Oh, man. Yeah. Happy, I, happy Father's Day. Thank you. Yeah, and also uh, we're celebrating Juneteenth today. Yes, celebrating Juneteenth, and yesterday, on every Juneteenth, is my mother's birthday. Fantastic. My mom is home with the Lord, so she's definitely having the celebration that we we also look forward to. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, phenomenal. Um, God in his grace, uh, God in his mercy, um, the, recogni- the recognition of freedom that we all um, desire, and uh you know, it's kind of wild. It's a statement that Dr. King said the night before he um, was killed in his mountaintop speech. And, um, you know, in the future here, we'll talk as a little bit of a teaser because I've been gone on a on a trip, on a Southern Civil Rights Tour trip with a number of people from um, all over the nation, from Philly, Boston, um, a lot of people from L.A., a fellow friend that I look forward to introducing our audience to, Pastor Andy Gray, who's a, a local Minnesotan. Um, but it was just a phenomenal time in meeting some incredible, like, living, like, hero, living legends, li- meeting some people that um, it was just amazing the things that God had done and is doing um, through them. Um, and just so unassuming. Mm. Um, so, so super rich. And so um, was in Memphis uh, where I had the sanitation worker strike, and he said— you know, the night before he was uh, assassinated, he said, you know, he said, Lord, if there, if, if I could live at a particular time in history, you know, I wouldn't have chose Greece or Rome, um, the time of the promised land, the time of Martin Luther, you know, the Renaissance, any of those times. He said, you know, I would have chose a time in the latter half of the second, of the latter half of the 20th century. And if I could just live a few years, I'd be happy. And he goes on to say, uh, that's a strange request to make. You know, there was trouble in the land. The nation was sick. There was confusion about, around. And he said, that's a that's a really interesting request. And he says, well, I've, I've seen something in the hearts of men happening. And it doesn't matter whether it's Johannesburg, South Africa, you know, Memphis, Tennessee, um, you know, Kiev, Ukraine, Minneapolis, or any of the places that are our, our wonderful, wonderful listening family that we love so much as that, that men want to be free. And so... Um, you know, had an opportunity in visiting places in New Orleans, in Memphis, Birmingham, Montgomery, um, just to meet some incredible people and to see such, um, not only like this resiliency, um, this resistance that led to resiliency, uh, but just a deep heart of faith Mm. in people who like walked with God through some things um, that is truly amazing. Um, and also, really cool thing, um, I'm wearing a shirt here. It says Just Mercy. And uh, Brian Stevenson, who the movie Just Mercy is about and wrote a book, um, it's really interesting, his his life and how God used him. And um, 
the things that have happened for the Equal Justice Initiative group in the four years since I've been there, and even one of the guys said in the five years, um, and how someone, you know, God just took a person's life where they were at, and they gave themselves to the Lord and let him use them. And the impact that it's having, you know, is profound. And sometimes we, you know, we say in leadership, sometimes people overestimate what they can do in one year, but underestimate what they can do in three to five years. And I just wanted to give that little clip because there's people driving today, Bill and Rosie, and they're, you know, the Bible says don't despise the beginning of small things. And God wants to use your life. I mean, and so even as you're in the midst of something right now, and we're going to get into this today, to not que- to not keep asking, knocking, and praying, because God is wanting to write a story through you that will transform the world. So I look forward in the weeks to come uh, to unpack a little bit more of, of what happened because uh, it was it was amazing. It really was. So, so um, David, so are you saying that? The, the stories that people would be coming to Christ and then God has accelerated how he's used them in the last four or five years? I would say that in the example of, of Brian Stevenson, mm-hmm. it's an example of someone who loves the Lord, who came with a little thing that he started off just being faithful where he was at with a small thing and then just kind of expounding upon that. Okay. And in his faithfulness, God wanted to speak through his life and service as an attorney. Mm. And, and to, you know, sometimes attorneys, they get bad raps for things. And I, I know some just wonderfully godly attorneys and judges and have them as friends and family. Um, so, you know, some of the things that people may be, well, and I'm doing this work, like how is God going to use this? And he can, God delights to use all things Hmm. because he's a creative and diverse God and he loves to see people transformed. And he loves his name being glorified in a very good way. All right. Pastor David Miles is my guest, along with Rosie B. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix. And we're talking a little bit about David's uh, civil rights trip that he's been on, some of the amazing people he met. I think we are going to move on now to uh, our our text that we're going to talk about today, which comes right out of Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 7. And this is a verse that I love. Ooh, will you read? I will indeed. Thank you for asking. Yum, yum. Yes. 7-7 seven, seven says, Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. There's 7 and 8. Let's start there. Ooh, so good. Oh, it's so good. You know, um, one of the things is that this repetitiveness of what God's asking. Jesus is actually giving a command, you know. It's it's not like a, a suggestion. He's he's actually telling us to ask. And when he's saying ask, it will be given. It's kind of a future it's a future tense. So it's saying ask present. In the future it would be given seek, you will find knock, and it will be opened unto you. And so like there's this invitation um, for us to engage with the Lord. And he's going to give an explanation in the next couple of verses. Here in in um, Matthew, he'll give two illustrations. In Luke's parallel po- uh, passage, there's three illustrations given. But, you know, sometimes when people come to someone, they're kind of wondering, what kind of reception am I going to get? You know, like is, when I come 
to prayer, is God going to be this harsh, vindictive person? Is it going to be like, I don't care? Is he going to be indifferent? And and Jesus is saying, no, persistent prayer. Come. God, God is inviting us uh, to come. And the beautiful thing about it, guys, is that not only does Jesus give us this invitation to persistent prayer, he lived it himself. And that that's key. It's one thing for someone to kind of just talk the talk, but it's when you talk the talk and you walk the walk, and we see that in Jesus' life. And so it starts off with this, this imperative command saying, yes, come, ask, seek, knock, you know, get, get engaged. And God is giving us grace and strength to get engaged as well. There's so many. Um, Bill is doing a series on amazing people of the past um, with Alex McFarlane. And there's so many of the stories of these amazing men spent hours and hours in prayer before they had their breakthrough, before they had their revival. And I think, David, you know, um, this being a command, we often go about doing the business of God without first praying about it. And I think everybody, including the three of us probably in the studio, I love to pray. But do I think I, could I spend more time in prayer? Absolutely. Is it where my heart goes? Absolutely. And then things kind of slide in, you know, and, and you don't pray as much. And then you wonder where the fruit is. Right. And so, you know, it's 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 actually the first step in our intimate relationship with God is prayer. Yeah. And, and you know, it's this whole idea of communication, you know, and uh, what's what's amazing is listening, you know, because like, for example, Bill Gates was known for like Internet and all those things. And it was, it was once said that uh, someone had published his email and within moments he had thousands upon thousands of email you know, and sometimes you know how much we love getting spam mail, you know, that, that S word mail. Um, we don't like it. But but think of this. God does not mind S mail. He doesn't mind spiritual mail. And like we literally like re- sometimes two people talking, they can't hear each other. But God can hear the prayers and concerns of seven and a half billion people, you know, and, and be intimately acquainted and intimately you know, attuned and care about those things. And uh, that that's a unique blessing. And, and I find it amazing. It reminds me of Bruce Almighty, that one scene where he's getting all the emails and he has to put them in files, all the prayer requests. And, you know, it's only for two blocks or a city block area. And, you know, got it's just a small picture of what God gets every single day, every single second, you know, just. And yet he hears every word. And he loves to hear every word. And every word is stored in heaven. Yeah. yeah. And so sometimes we can feel like, man, okay, so if he if he knows and he cares, like why persist? Why 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 continue in prayer? And and it's like prayer also it changes us. You know, it gives us time to um think through in prayer and allow God's word to speak to us. You know, um I have I have permission to share this. And so um I remember when my oldest son uh, had desire to wanted to start dating and um you know, a number of years ago, we did a Passport to Purity weekend. You know, I've done that with my two oldest sons. My wife will be doing it with our daughter. I'll be doing it with my youngest son. And we just spent a weekend together um, going through some family life material that was done very, very well, addressing the issues of just biblical sexuality and, and what it means to grow as a man and a woman. And, you know, at one point it talks about God is giving you parents and kind of an agreement to say, hey, how about we converse together when it's time to date? So our son came and asked 
uh, Tammy and I about dating. And we reached out to a person who's been a guest on our program, Dr. Clarence Schuler, and called Clarence and like, Clarence, dude, like, this is our first go around. Like, we've not done this before. And so we had a list of questions that we gave him. And one of the questions that I remember asking DJ to, to, to fill through was, there's a high probability, DJ, that the first person you date will not become your spouse. So how will this person have a closer walk with Jesus and their future spouse be honored from her having spent time with you? Now, it wasn't just a one and done um, question. You know, he asked, he came back after a while, said, hey, you know, here's some other questions. And one day he came and asked a question and I said, hey, DJ, I asked him a question. And he said, hey, dad, I'm kind of curious. You've kind of asked me that question. Like, you've asked that before. So like, Why? And so I held up my Bible and I said, you know, DJ, this is God's word, right? And he said, yeah. I said, 66 books, faithfully inspired of God and given. Now, God's word has been faithful and has not changed. But how I read it as a new believer in, in high school, as a sophomore in college, as a graduate of my first job, of when your mother and I got married, when you were our first son, um, to being parents of multiple kids, and now... You know, as a father of four children, um, God's word has remained the same. I've changed, and God's word continues to speak to me differently, which, guys, this is a side note for those of you who are driving. This is why we talk about discipleship. It's not a one and done. It's an ongoing relationship that God wants to grow. And I was explaining, hey, DJ, in the process of digging into God's word, God's word has spoken to me, and it's shaped and formed me and grew me in so many different ways. And in the same way, when we come to prayer and we come persistently in prayer, God begins to refine and show us our hearts and our desires and to align those for his good and our good, which leads to his glory, which is ultimately really for our good. So. Nicely done, David Miles. I like that. That was, it's, it, it comes back to Jesus. I mean, like really, it, you know, Again, I'll tell you the same thing I tell my kids. The secret sauce of my life is God's Word, and more importantly, the God of the Word and knowing Him personally. And so that invitation is there. Because even persisting in prayer is breaking through. And I think this is key. This is hitting right now. It's breaking through even the things that we're praying about, the things, and getting to the person that we're praying to to find out our richest joy is found in a relationship and not just in the things, but that God cares both about our relationships and the things that we're praying about. Mm. One of the things I like about Monday is the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles, who is an adjunct professor at the University of Northwestern here and also a pastor at New Hope Church in New Hope, Minnesota, and Rosie B. And so it's the three of us, and it's the uh, we call it the mix. The mix. So the mix. Yeah, we're going to come back <clears throat> with more on Matthew chapter 7 in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Monday Afternoon Mix. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B., and me. And we got all excited during the break. We just were talking 100 miles an hour. David, I think you had a quote you wanted to share. Yeah, I mean, sometimes in, in prayer, even like hearing this, some might say like, oh man, you know, this whole asking, seeking, knocking, and like, you know, sometimes uh, we get very um, transactional and fiduciary with our, our usage of time. So we'll talk about, well, I don't want to waste time doing this, or I don't want to spend time doing this, mm-hmm. you know, um, uh, and, and not thinking of investing time. Um, so so sometimes it's like, why? Well, E. Stanley Jones has a really neat quote on this, and he says this. He says, prayer is surrender. Surrender to the will of God and cooperation with that will. If I throw out a boat hook from a boat and catch hold of the shore and pull, do I pull the shore to me or do I pull myself to the shore? Prayer is not pulling God to my will, but the aligning of my will to the will of God. I love that because I think in in prayer especially, you know, I do love to pray and I have prayer lists, you know, on walls and, you know, just all sorts of things. And I think one of the reasons I love to pray is not because I, I am only seeking an answer for the prayer, because when you're bringing somebody who is wounded or needs healing, you're looking for an answer for that prayer. Yes. You know, um, but mostly it's because the more I get to know the character of God through his scripture, the more I know that those prayers are aligning to who he is and he gives us this position to participate with him in. So why would we not take it? Um, for closeness with him, because, you know, when you pray for the sex traffic, you may not know anybody who's been sex trafficked, but you know that that breaks the heart of God, mm-hmm. that there is somebody out there in pain and that breaks the heart of God. So it brings you to your knees to pray for that. Yeah, that is, uh, that is so, so very true, Rosie. And, um, you know, your, your heart gets stirred in ways, um, that it may not have been at first. And I don't know about you guys, when I've had like times like a personal retreat day to just go spend time in the word and spend time in prayer. I don't often find myself coming to the end and saying like, man, that was such a long time. But often I find myself saying like, wow, that flew by. And Lord, there's so much I still wanted to talk to you on behalf of others about. Mm -hmm. That's good, David. I like that. So look back at Matthew 7. I want to just go back to this one more time because I love this passage so much. 7-7, seven, seven, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened. I think these are some of the most invitational words Jesus has offered. And it's so powerful to think that we bring our prayer requests. We seek and we'll find. We will knock and the door will be opened. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks finds and to the one who knocks the door will be opened. Yeah, and th- there's there's a part where it's this dual relationship. There's a part of us being active in it, and there's a part that God's at work. And, you know, you see this thing, um, there's this word uh, that's called like sanctification, and the word means literally being made more holy. Uh, and God tells us in, the, in his word, be holy because therefore as I'm holy. So he's not asking us to do something that's not possible, but it's him working in us. And so, you know, sometimes it feels like, well, wait a minute, like, really, can I do anything? Well, Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, present yourselves as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing. So that's an active form of sanctification. And then in Ephesians 2, um, 13 and 14, it says, 
that God both wills and works in us to accomplish his good purpose. You know, so there's this point and, you know, it's kind of a, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's, it, it's a mystery in ways. I mean, like it really is on how both God calls us to work and then he also works in us. Um, but I think that's why scripture says that the angels, the unerring, unsinning angels long to look into the mystery of salvation. Mm. I mean, like it's such a great thing and it's such a great thing because it required Jesus's own life, death, burial and resurrection to make that possible. So good. I just, yeah, it's it's amazing. And, you know, um, Bill, when you were saying, ask and it will be given to you, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open to you. There's so many times I think that um, we can get tripped up on is, am I asking within the will of God? Right. And, you know, there's, a, I think it's Psalm 143, 10 that says, teach me your will, O God, for you are my Lord. And the more you look into who God is, the more confident you are that anytime you are praying for somebody for protection, that's within his will. Anytime you are praying for healing, whether it be emotional, spiritual, or physical, that's within his will. Every time you are praying for a lost prodigal, that's within his will. I mean, the more you get to know the Lord through his word, you know that you're praying within his will. And that is even just more, sometimes I stand on the ground you know, declaring and decreeing on the ground of scripture for another soul, not because I have any authority except for the name of God that he's chosen to give, but because he says it in his word and it's within his will. And he's given us this territory to ask for the unsaved. Mm -hmm. And Jesus said that in John, you know, he goes, my peace, I give you not as the world gives, you know, he gives a peace, he gives a life. And then he said, I'm going to send a counselor. I'm going to send an advocate, the Holy Spirit, who will lead you into all things. And, you know, it's it's interesting um, how much of a lack of peace our world has today. So when a believer exhibits the peace of Christ through them, it's something that's really just, um, it's something that's really startling. I remember years ago, Tammy and I, when we first lived in the cities, uh, we had a massive storm um, come through, and it knocked down trees, knocked down power and everything. And I remember we had a guy who came and um, did our, our roof. And, you know, we were, this is before uh, Taylor and Jaden were born. Um, and so, you know, we had this guy over, and, and he, he kept coming and, and visiting, and he'd stay for a little bit and talk. And then one day he said to us, he said, there's just something different. He goes, I feel a peace. Like literally when I walk into your house, I feel burdens lift off of me. You know, and that's truly Jesus, because you, you all know I'm torn from the floor up. I mean, like, I am perfectly imperfect. If there's anything I'm perfect at, it's being imperfect. And so that that's Christ exhibiting himself through us, and he's not a respecter of person. And so, you know, when we're spending time with the Lord, um, he begins to grow us. He begins to work in our thoughts. Uh, Jonathan Edwards would talk about um, godly affections, about spiritual affections, and that our hearts and our minds would be would be stayed on Him, and that's that's a key thing. And and listen, in our time today, that that's a premium. That's a that's a richness of of just eternal proportions in the time that we're living in. And spending time with the Lord, it helps us because there are so many things in the world right now that wants to conform our thinking to the world. And even sometimes hijack um, 
It's like the Pharisees. They wanted to hijack Jesus for their own political purposes. And it doesn't matter whether you're right, left, or middle. We all can do this, okay? So it's when we're spending time and allowing and seeking and, and, and searching after him that he begins to, again, pull, we're being pulled to God's will, not trying to pull him to our will. And, and that's, a, that's a key key blessing and a key caution. Mm. I'm going to leave us with this verse today. This comes uh, right out of the book of Psalm, chapter 37. It says, Take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. I always think, yeah, we can trust the Lord with the desires of our heart, right? Yeah. And then make sure we leave the results to him. We we can do that because as the verse ties up in this section, you know, he says, if you're evil and you wouldn't give a stone to your son instead of bread and an eel instead of a fish, he goes, how much more, how much more? Will your Father, who's perfect in heaven, know to give you the good things that we really need, that we really, really need? Yeah, very comforting. Very nice. David Miles, thank you for being here, as always, at the Monday Afternoon Mix with Rosie B. That was a great uh, great time in the Lord just now. Amen. Amen is right. Goodbye. All right, we'll take a break. Lots more. we got our two just coming up around the corner. Don't go anywhere. Why would you? Where are you going? Don't go anywhere. Be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.